station WSKEE. We're taking calls on the wish line, making your wacky wishes come true. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Throwback right here. I yeah. wish I was a little bit taller. I was I was always short, so this song, uh, it, it struck my heart pretty well. Welcome back to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. We've spoken a little bit about the Astros, a little bit about the Texans and what can be of next year. We're getting a lot of calls today because it's, it's subjects that touch dear to your heart because, one, the Astros, all the allegations, baseball's coming around, baseball's in the air. But then the Texans, although that football is in the rear view, NFL at least, you still say, so what's going to change here? Because it, the change didn't happen in the Bill O'Brien aspect. So what's going to happen with this roster? And going back to Jason Braddock's uh, article, what are some other options that are available as far as other positions that maybe could get filled in? I think this one's kind of interesting. You're a big Pittsburgh Steelers guy, Jerry. What about Bud Dupree? He, he's I, I a like free him. agent. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's a guy that... You know, you get hit. he had 11 and a half sacks last year. So, you know, he had a nice year. So if you could get him, I think maybe it's time. Maybe move J.J. back inside. So if you had, you know, Whitney coming from outside and Bud Dupree coming from outside on the other side and then, you know, J.J. up the middle, because I don't think they're going to be able to hold on to D.J. Reader. So if that's the case, then you might need J.J. to play inside a little bit more. Yeah. And how much what J.J. do you get this year? 80 percent J.J.? And that's what's so tough, right, is he's he's good when he plays. He's still very productive. He's still a great player. It's just, you know, three out of the last four years, you know, he hasn't been on the field enough. And he's making a lot of money. So it's just about can he stay healthy. And I don't know if you can really count on that anymore. It's just, you know, I think it's just something you have to accept. And we did a sports map video the other day talking about Melvin Gordon as a possible addition to the Texans. I think the issue there, you know, the consensus was he's going to be expensive. And, you know, the Texans have, you know, other holes to fill, other players, and only so much cap money because they're going to have to pay Tunzel, and he's going to get paid a ton. And we'll see if they extend Deshaun this year or not. But a lot of that money's going to go to those guys. So I don't know if you're going to be able to afford a guy like Bud Dupree. Another guy that's out there Jason has is Vic Beasley. You know, he had eight sacks last year, and, you know, he's been kind of up and down. When he's healthy, he's pretty good. But that's what they got to address, right? They got to get some pass rush, and they got to get a number one corner, especially if Bradley Roby leaves. Now, Chris Harris has popped up in conversations, but when you look at Harris, yeah, he's predominantly a slot cornerback, one of the best, though. There's yeah. years where he was ranked the best slot corner, and I don't know if that's exactly what they need. I think they need not just, uh, let's say, one that could just play one spot because if he can move to different areas, which I'm sure he can, but he's great in the slot, and that's usually what he's played, especially in Denver where they have that system that they've always ran, and all he has to do is he'll take out your slot receiver. You better know that if you're playing Denver when Chris Harris was in his prime, your, your slot receiver wasn't going to eat. No, and I think you have to look at the division now with A.J. Brown looking like he's going to be you know, a badass. D.J. Chark, I mean, he looks really good so far. And these guys are young and they're big. They have some size to them. They're over six feet tall. So, you know, Chris Harris is a great player, but 
you know, maybe he's not the ideal guy to take away kind of a big traditional number one receiver. Like you said, maybe he's more of a slot. So in your division, you're going to have to deal with those guys for a while going forward. This is T.Y. Hilton's last year under contract with the Colts. Thank the Lord. Uh, no, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Yes. How about Byron Jones? See, that would be Physical great. Physical guy. He's going to be expensive, right? He's a good corner. I would love to see them go after him. I just don't know. The Texans typically don't go all in on the big-name free agents. That first wave of free agency, they usually wait and try and find more of a bargain. And you got to think the guys we're talking about here, these elite corners, they're going to get paid a lot of money. They're going to be the first couple guys that get snatched up. So it's really in that second wave of corners, who can the Texans go get? I think it's going to be tough, man. I, if they don't want to spend the money, it, you got to pay up for a number one corner. Let's talk about going back to the Will Fuller replacement because yeah. that's such a big deal. Every time that you went to talk about a game, handicapping a game, it was always was the status of Will Fuller because we know what Watson is with Will Fuller. So just going down some of this list, and a lot of these guys probably will get signed back. For example, Emmanuel Sanders, you know that he's probably going to go back to San Francisco. They picked mm-hmm. him up midseason. That was probably the ultimate plan. But what happens to like guys like Paul Richardson, someone that – can give you that that stretch someone that can i mean and yeah I, I just we need somebody that can give you the same speed but not just fast we're talking will fuller fast and that's why you take the chance of him being injured in big moments keeping him on the roster and trusting hey he's gonna be all right and then when it comes around you're thinking man all right, he's going to recover shortly. And then when he recovers, he leaves again. And it comes to a point where they're not going to be able to trust that. And someone's going to have to step in. I really like the Robbie Anderson one, though. That's probably my favorite, to be honest with you. Me too. I think that would be a good fit. And with the Texans, too, is you know they don't have a first-round draft pick. So they don't get to pick until 57 overall, which is in the second round. This is a very good year for receivers, from what I've been told. I haven't, you know... You know, got into this as much as I will by the time the draft comes around, but that's what I'm hearing early. But the problem is, is what has come with Bill O'Brien fixing the offensive line, the defense has fallen apart. You know, you're still good at linebacker, but you got to wonder about the D line if Reader leaves and, you know, if JJ's not going to be healthy. So now all of a sudden the D line's a concern. Jason brings up maybe trading Bernardrick McKinney, you know, that maybe in this day of passing that kind of a thumper linebacker is kind of, you know, not fit for that type of scheme anymore. You lock up Cunningham, who he can run and he can cover tight ends and backs a little bit. You got to lock him up. And I think you could be okay without McKinney, especially if you have Cole back. And, you know, and that's what Jason brings up is the Jamie Collins edition. Like you could, you could be okay if you got rid of McKinney, if you added Jamie Collins and then you have Cunningham and, and Cole. So there's some things to consider, but the secondary, man, the got to get corner fixed now jamie collins we know that he left patriots and then they brought him back for even cheaper price right i don't know how they always get it to work but does that maybe tell you that he's maybe a system guy because you know bilicek likes his system guys Mm -hmm. and he probably realized man i could get my sister guy cheap but we are patriots south South, uh so it could work into the system but no to be serious here i uh i mean they need to move. They need to move. I'm not sure that where do you put your focus first other than, I think, defensive backs first after leaving with that 50-burger and then for sure finding that running back because the big games that you won, how big of a role did Hyde play yeah. in that Kansas City win in Kansas City? Mm-hmm. Being able to take it away. I know they say it's a passing league, but how do you keep it away from Mahomes when you face him again? By running it. Yeah. 
by by exactly what they did. So you need someone that can be trusted first and second down, hopefully on third down as well, so you have some kind of you don't have to take off your mask every time that Duke Johnson comes out and let everyone know what you're doing. Yeah, and they talk about complimentary football all the time, right, Bill O'Brien? Well, if you have a terrible defense that you're trying to hide, you want to run the ball. You know, you want to you want to possess the football. If you have a bad defense, you want to cut down on the possessions for the other team. So you make a good point. Running back needs to be a priority here. But you know, I'm th- they're going to get a compensatory pick in the third round for basically Honey Badger leaving and, and Kareem Jackson leaving. So, but they signed Roby, so that means they're only going to get one of those high compensatory picks. So they'll get one in the third, and they'll probably get one in the seventh. So maybe you could find, you know, you could find a good running back in the third round. Yeah, that's I think the options that you have to take was just looking overall at some of the running backs um, that are free agents, and you talk about ones that could be those you know, first and second down and just starting there, not very many stick out because you have, let's say, okay, Melvin Gordon, yes. Mm-hmm. Damian Williams, we know that what's going to happen. Who knows what they're going to do with the backfield, but you got Adrian Peterson, old. You have Frank Gore, really old. Derrick Henry will get re-signed. Kareem Hunt, someone's going to take a chance on him, but the Browns, is it the Browns bringing him back after he showed certain moments? Mm-hmm. Now, after that, you get really two guys that aren't really third down kind of guy, a three down kind of guys, or at least first and second, like Ty Montgomery. I don't really trust him running no. the ball on first and second down. Now you do have a, a diamond in the rough here, but Arizona's going to take advantage of it in Kenyon Drake. Yeah, and we spoke a few weeks ago of well, someone's going to say, well, what happens to Johnson? But he did a smart way out, and what a lot of these players are doing is they're getting their guarantee. A year before their full guarantee comes the year before the final year of the contract, which happened with Johnson. So no matter what they do with him, he's still getting that 10 mil. So they can either, I guess, keep him and use up a roster spot or just pay him and not. It's a lose-lose situation mm-hmm. at this point. He won because of the uh, the small print on the contract, let's call it. And I think this is kind of a lesson that maybe go after a running back in the draft because you've seen – look. Giving Todd Gurley that huge deal, that has not worked out. He didn't even rush for 900 yards last year. He That's had a bunch sad. of touchdowns. But for what they're paying him and what they're paying David Johnson, you know, try and avoid these big contract deals with running backs because so much can go wrong with a running back over the course of three or four years. And that's what, you know, Melvin Gordon's kind of scary there too because, you know, he's been a little banged up over his career. And, you know, he held out last year. So and he, he wants crazy money. I'm curious to see who's going to pay him because – I think it's going to be a mistake. How do you even sell yourself getting crazy money now as a running back? Yeah, it's it's hard. I Especially mean, one that right now it's, is disposable, uh, yeah. can, can be disposed of, knowing that they had Austin Eckler. Yeah. So how do you go into another job interview, let's say, and just say, hey, man, this is what I'm worth. And mm-hmm. then thinking, bro, they just let you go because they had somebody cheaper that could do it just like you. Dime, uh, running backs aren't diamonds in the rough anymore. They, uh, it's It's... They, they they come and go. They, they do. come and go. And I think the Cowboys might even, you know, regret the Zeke deal. You know, they, they paid him a lot of money, and, and he was good last year, but he already looks like he's maybe not quite that was all as Jerry. explosive. Yeah. That was all Jerry saying, you know what, y'all back up. I'm the one signing checks around here. Y'all back up. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. But we know how to win. For the next 45 minutes, I'm going to drop you three bets. In the next 45 minutes, we got basketball. We got the All-Star game. I got an angle. And we got a couple of funnies. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Listen, rappers act so wild. I love the profile. Front and hard, but ain't got no style. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5.
This is Money Line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The phone lines are still open, 713-780-3776. You got any Astros talk, any Texans talk, because there's plenty of that to be had. There's plenty of moves that need to be made, and we spoke about that in the last segment. The running back position needs to be circled. The defensive back position needs to be circled after giving up a 50-burger to uh, end the season. But going back to the Astros, we got a few comments here from uh, Twitter. Lamont says, and it's a great point, why Mookie Betts, uh, the MVP, is not under scrutiny like Altuve. He played under Cora the year he won. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, where's all that heat on, on Mookie Betts? So let's start, let's start doing percentages of that Mookie Betts used it or, you know, however, whatever cheating ways that, because this isn't new to Cora. No. He had to have helped Mookie in one way or another. Yes. So why don't we talk there? Again, if someone's going to open their mouth and start talking about taking away things and that these guys cheated, we'll look at the source of the cheating and then look at how that source has sprouted into different directions and look at which directions had success if we're going to do it in that form. And Mookie Betts has to be highlighted uh, as far as the MVP season. And if you're going to talk about Altuve's, let's talk about Mookie Betts. And then another guy jumps on and ta- and jumps on as far as that. Johnny was, he puts, okay, I'm jumping in on the bandwagon. Why is Mike Trout not under scrutiny for HGH? <laughs> Have you seen those side-by-sides of him? Like his neck just gets enormous. It's pretty funny. So uh, if you're going to be the guy in class while your friends are getting sent to the principal's office, you better make sure that you aren't getting in trouble as well, that everything under your rug is clean because they're going to come back on you. You better know that, hey, Twitter, whatever, social media, people aren't going to let that fly. Astros Twitter's not going to let that fly. They're going to come back and say, well, what about this? What about mm-hmm. this? And if you better be squeaky clean for the next X amount of years because anything that you do is going to bounce back now. Yeah, no doubt about it. They need to be consistent. And that's my frustration with MLB is – where is this investigation of the Red Sox? Why aren't they finished with this thing yet? Why haven't they punished Cora yet? I mean, the guys have already reported to spring training. The season is not that far away. I want to get a ruling here on the Red Sox. Let's let's be fair with this. And I think that's why the, the players are frustrated. And I don't know if you – have you seen this about T.O. coming out and, and trashing Donovan McNabb again? What did he say? And he also went after Jason Garrett. They, they, he was interviewed on The Breakfast Club the other day, and they said, what's the problem with the Cowboys? And he said, well, they just got rid of him. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, he's killing Jason Garrett. And uh, then he also, he also weighs in on Romo, says Romo's a better broadcaster than he was a quarterback. So Tio's just flaming everybody, man. Tio's bored right now, dude. And then he comes out after Donovan McNabb, and he throws him under the bus, talking about their Super Bowl team and, and dirty laundry. And he basically accused Donovan of cheating on his wife uh, during an appearance on another podcast, saying that McNabb was fired by ESPN over allegations of sexual misconduct, uh, misconduct. And then that's why he lost his gig on the NFL Network, referring to the bro code and saying that he was married. He took the D'Angelo yeah, Russell route. Dude. Oh, man, you can't. 
That's bad. Yeah. That's real bad. But what is he doing still talking about these things? Uh, I, he, I guess he's on some kind of podcast tour, and then he did the, the Breakfast Club the other day. So my thinking is, is typically when these guys are doing these things, he's probably promoting something, a book, or who knows. I, I'm just guessing here, but I'm sure it's something like that. But And the, the other thing that was interesting, do you remember the – the rumor that McNabb was thrown up in the huddle during that the drive yeah. of that Super Bowl game. Well, I didn't hear this part. Now T.O.'s saying he was thrown up because he'd been drinking the night before. Like, he hinted that. Yeah, I hadn't heard Damn, that. Yeah, I know, man. Like, like dude. <laughs> Let him be. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But it just shows you T.O.'s still that same dude. He's still that same dude. Now, another wide receiver name that's been popping up, Larry Fitzgerald Sr., though, longtime member of the media in Minnesota, father of first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, that's going to be uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And he says that he knows reports that Brady and the Raiders or the Raiders are going to be offering Brady somewhere along the lines of $60 million over two years. Cool. And people seem to believe this because they know that Fitzgerald Sr., he, uh, He's not really a guy that run around and just start up. He's not. He's an old school. Just yeah. he doesn't like that. So somewhere along the line, he came out and said that to someone that he's heard, and that's what speculations are that that's going to be the offer. Now we know that we have to wait till I believe it's what March eleventh, yeah. um, to see that. But do you make sense of Brady at this age being who he is, moving there because this is the money. The money is going to be there. Is that enough, though? I mean, isn't Dak turning down like 34 mil a year and they're going to offer Brady 30 per year for two years? I feel like he could get more. He could because of what he brings in. As far as what he's worth as far as extra play, I'm yeah. not sure, but you are bringing in Brady, which Brady's going to bring in. See, every game's going to be sold out. And it's Vegas. I mean, they, they want to splash. But does Brady want to splash his family into that Vegas life after all this. You know what I mean? You know Vegas is grungy. I love it, but it's grungy. And bringing in that NFL, it's just a whole different. And then, and then also Gruden, the way he coaches, the the cussing. You know, he cusses real bad, and that's why uh, a lot of people said Derek Carr was too soft for him because he would cuss at. So what would what would Brady do if Gruden cussed at him? Like, man, what the are you doing? You know, Brady would be like, hey. Yeah, he come right back at you. Yeah, it's Brady. Exactly. So – the the spot he lands in has to be perfect. It has to be a a system that doesn't completely change him, that he could kind of put his system in to work with it. it has to be a coaching staff that's going to let him do his thing. And it's got to be a team that's got position players that are gonna that he needs that he hasn't had. He wants yeah. to have weapons. The weapons are probably worse there than they would be in New England. I mean, you got Waller, you know, a decent tight end, and they got, what, Tyrell Williams. But that's like it. They don't have any real receiver playmakers, and he doesn't have a chance to win a Super Bowl you know, with the Raiders in the next two years. I can't imagine he would go there. And he's so used to winning the division. I mean, he's got to play Kansas City. Right. I mean, you got to worry about Mahomes every single year if you go to the Raiders, and that's trouble. So now you're not even fighting for – you're going to go there to, to play maybe for a wild card spot? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Why? That's a big risk. He, I, I, if, if we know Brady, he needs to go somewhere where he's got that division on lock and, and ride it out like that. It, I, it no, just, I agree. He's got to go somewhere he thinks he can win. And what's interesting, though, is he has to be careful the way he plays this because when free agency comes about, you know, players want to know if Brady's going to be in New England and base their decision on if they want to go there, 
you know, if he's going to be the quarterback, because other free agents, they're going to want to win too, and they know they have a better chance with Brady. And I think Brady can actually play well for another couple of years. I know a lot of people are burying him, and they think he's completely fallen off. I disagree. I think they probably would have beat the Titans if Edelman catches that ball on third down, and then they're back in another you know AFC championship game. I think we too quickly assume Brady's done. I think if he has some real weapons around him, I think he can still be effective. Because when we look at Brady, and some say where the age is, but you don't really see Brady as a guy that took a lot of big hits. Right. His injury that knocked him out season long was on a freak play on the very first, you know, that they ended up making a rule about going mm-hmm. real low on people like that. Yeah. So when you look at Brady, how many hits, and then as far as, let's say, miles on your engine, uh, throws on the arm, the Patriots ran a lot. Mm-hmm. As of late, the last three years, they've become a predominantly running team. Yeah. It's not like he's out there been throwing. Man, he's been throwing that orange, been throwing 45 attempts for X amount of times. That's not the team they've been. But they've been a system team, one that doesn't require him to throw deep balls all the time. That's why they want – but they would bring in pieces that maybe would stretch the field, Josh Gordon, yep. trying to find that Randy Moss, trying to bring back those years. But can Brady make the throw or not? We don't know, but all you can go off is, is what he's shown you, and what he's shown you is he can. Now you look at, well, Jerry, he didn't show me anything this year. That team was, that offense was bad. Yeah. The, the defense was so good that they were able to mask a lot of things at the beginning of the season, but it became where the offense was getting off the field so fast because they couldn't move the ball. The defense was right back out there, and then teams started catching up to him. He needs a quality tight end. All they would do is take away James White and take away Edelman, and he had nowhere to go with the football. Exactly. Don't go nowhere for the next 30 minutes. we got two segments, three bets, a lot of money to be made. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. We should leave them a choice because who we to say who lives or dies. the stops. All this judgments on other lives needs to stop. What are we living for? Giving more back than taking on my knees. Well, hello. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 30 minutes left in the show before we leave you on your Sunday getting ready for XFL. Getting ready for the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, you got some plays on both of those, right? Yeah, let's get to the NBA All-Star. And it's just a just a little angle. It's not exactly play because I won't know what the number is. But if you're going to live bet it, this is the way I do it. And just for example, in that game last night, the world game against the U.S., um, in these exhibition games with All-Star implications or whatever, or whatever the case is, um, there's always going to be about three or four minutes where it's just a dunk fest. They're just li- leaving the lane open, and you know everyone's getting in for show. And I've found over the years that it usually happens after that second or third uh, TV break, more or less when the first team, you know, the, the All-Star game happens, and then they make the rotation. They put those second guys in. When that first team comes back in and they start putting those guys in, that's usually when it opens up. And just using last night, for example, I was telling Josh, I had 
uh, I think it was 155 and a half first half. Uh, just, you know, a little pizza money. But I threw it on there, and they were at like 140 with two minutes, 220 left. And I'm thinking, man, there's no way they're going to get there. And then they scored a couple of them. And then I said, hold on, wait a minute. And then in a minute and 22 seconds, they scored 14 points. Just b- literally back and forth, inbound, full court, going up there. He did a windmill. Then the guys are all celebrating back and forth. Then a couple of open threes. And then at the buzzer, the guy threw the ball again, and he dunked it right before the buzzer. So make sure that you use that to your advantage because, again, a lot of these are ex- exhibition games and the new rules. There's a new rules in the All-Star game today, how the, how the, how the score is going to reset, and there's a winner after each, each uh, period. So be careful with the way it plays out because the books don't even know. This is so crazy that the books don't even know what how they're going to react to this. So make sure you play, play it out in your head. You know always that the last three or four minutes in an all-star game, in, in a traditional all-star game, they slow down because they're saying, oh, man, this is when it gets, you know, this is when it gets crucial. Let's try to win the game. So the last three minutes. So if every quarter is going to be like that now because there's a winner every quarter, is that not going to slow the game down? So Ooh, be yeah. careful. Be careful. Again, make sure that the number's there. But if you're going to live bet the over, don't do it at the beginning of the game because usually you come out and you have a couple guys jack threes and then a little bit of showbone. Once that first rotation and you see people acting silly with the ball and they're throwing up alley-oops and it gives the other guys like, all right, let's open it up. We did a dunk. They did a dunk. Let's let them go through. So just a, an, a, a, an angle that I always use. No, I like that one. And you also had a, a roughnecks play as well. How do you feel about this one? Are you starting to, you know, feel good about, you know, the league and and having your finger on the pulse and knowing what you're looking at? Or are you starting to know the teams better? Uh, the teams, yes, but after one game sample, it's tough to justify or or put a put a measure on like like for example Dallas that didn't have their quarterback. Mm-hmm. So who's Dallas going to be? But I'm just starting to use common sense and gambling. I always use the terms overreaction and and jumping on that. Well, last week, uh, last week, uh, last week, I'm sorry. Um, we spoke about there was no uh, true uh, number for the XFL because there was no uh, bottom line on them, right? There was no, uh, there was nothing to base your line off of. But uh, now that you have games being played and Dallas underperformed. So now what happens? Everyone's against Dallas this week. And uh, I think that this is a spot that you can go back, get back on Dallas. Excuse me, we got something here playing in the background. But, uh, yeah, you can get back on Dallas because I think the first week there was over the reaction on what was going on. Um, everyone jumped on them, and then at the last moment they announced that the quarterback was going to be out, and then the line never adjusted. Now this week everyone has a bad taste in their mouth, and now the line got within a touchdown. Last week it was outside of a touchdown. I think that at Dallas at inside of a touchdown is a bet. So make sure that you look at overreactions because everyone the first week bet overs. Yeah. Everything went under. But then yesterday we saw some unders. So what happens today? Is everybody going to jump on the under train? Right. And that kind of surprised me yesterday. D.C. looks pretty good with Cardale Jones. In New York, they really had trouble getting the scoring going. So I'm still learning it, too. I think maybe next week I'm really going to jump into the DraftKings with this because I just want to know for sure who the starting receivers are. They're getting targets and, and, you know, who the goal line backs are. So I'm still feeling this out. What do you think today? Because both of these teams, the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks, they've both won. 
So that this is a big game if the Roughnecks can get this one. You mentioned you, you do have a play for the Roughnecks. What are you leaning here? It's at eight. I believe it's a little bit too high. Okay. I do. I think that it should have been in seven, inside seven, but the eight's at minus 115, so it's even juiced. That's even, it, it's even going to get higher, some people are predicting. What is everyone going to think about the Roughnecks after their first view at them? Oh, man, that's the team. Yeah. That's the team to go with. But the two teams that are supposed to have the best offenses are also with D.C., though, but Dallas and Houston were up there. Two teams that are playing today after two games that went under yesterday. Again, think about what the public's going to do. The public's going to think, man, points aren't going to come. They didn't come in the first week. Last yesterday, two unders. I'm going unders today, but they're not realizing that the teams that are playing are two teams that lead to the over. Just, I mean, that LA Wildcats team that ended up firing their DC <laughs> yeah. after one game that Houston was able to throw up a ton of points on. What's not to say that Dallas is going to be able to do it this week? So be careful with that. Dallas, seven point road favorite, though. That's tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. And definitely tune in here at 5 o'clock today on this station. You can hear the Roughnecks game. You can hear the call with John Granado and Nate Griffin. So definitely tune in, listen to the Roughnecks. I think it should be a good game. And I think there's a lot of Texans fans out there that, that want to like the Roughnecks. They don't have to deal with Bill O'Brien. It's an outdoor stadium. You can actually watch professional football outdoors, which is nice. The, the atmosphere is good. You went to the game. You said it. A lot of fans were there, and actually Houston had the most fans in the whole league week one as far as attendance. It was close, but they had the most. It, you know, it feels like Houston's embracing the team, and, man, if they win again, that's all they got to do, just keep winning, and they get some momentum going here. It feels like football. Yeah. And people want to see football without all the variables that they have mentally that comes with the Texans. So they're thinking, hey, this is a clean slate. I could get behind this. And like I mentioned, within – Three drives, that one drive where they ran on third down, and then all of a sudden said, man, this is Bill O'Brien. You heard Bill O'Brien <laughs> in that yeah. stadium that quick. It goes to show you that that's what Texans fan has on his mind. He's trying to forget it, and that's why I think the Roughnecks are going to have so much success because it gives you somewhere else to run and to say, hey, it's a clean slate. I don't have to worry about any of that. I don't have to worry about all the power he has. Let me just put all, some focus into this, and hopefully this league works. But for that to happen, you still need the fans to show up. Yesterday's games, hey, it looks pretty full. They're not opening up the stadiums in full capacity, but it still looks decent. As long as I think Houston in particular is going to have more people this week than last because the buzz, the buzz around the city. Academy's been selling out on gear. I went up there. They barely had any left. The buzz is real. I think that the people going to work and telling their coworkers, hey, man, I win, and it was awesome, and then that's going to get people to fill up on a Sunday. See, I think they got it right also with their logo. You know, it's kind of you get some nostalgia for the, the Oilers, right, because it's the Roughnecks, and, it, you know, you have the kind of oil derrick, and so it looks familiar. You know, the Astros I thought was smart. They kind of pulled from the Colt 45s, the, their kind of look for their uniforms, which – you know, the Astros, I think, have some of the slickest uniforms in baseball. So I think the Roughnecks got that part right. So I'm not surprised they're selling out of gear because it looks pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, if you, uh, if you got any thoughts on the Roughnecks today, again, 713-780-3776. If you want to get you know a little hype about them, you're on your way out to the game, hey, this is a spot for you. And we we're also going to have the game for you with the one and only John Granado. Yeah, he is. He's going he's gonna to have that call for you. I thought it was really fun listening to all the clips from last week. Hey, Andrew, are you running that today as well? I'm running all of them. Ooh, nice. all right. Nice. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I listened to it as well on the way home because I had to leave a little early to get to some other spots. But 
it feels good to to have our station so involved in it and Raheel doing the in-stadium things. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and if you want some – we're on SportsMap. We're covering the Roughnecks as well. So if you want some Roughnecks content after the game, we'll have a write-up. You can go check that out. And like we said, the game is coming up on the station later today. Uh, do you want to get into this LeBron James diet thing or do you want to do it on the other side? Let's do it on the other side because okay. it's going to be a little long. Again, though, the Roughnecks, now the line is at about eight points. Over under 47 and a half. Hey, I'm going to take the over on that. I think that the Roughnecks can get in the the, the high 20s to, to low 30s. I believe that St. Louis will be able to do the rest of it. Give me small bets. Again, these are pizza money bets because we don't know what this league is going to be yet. One, one week samples isn't enough. Do I believe that the Houston Roughnecks are the best team thus far? Yeah, I yep. really do. Not because we're from here, but I believe that the quarterback – and that the system, I think, believe June Jones knows what to do here. I know he knows how to use these pieces. He has the rules down to work to benefit him. Hey, let's get behind this team. It gives us something to get behind us as far as football. No Bill O'Brien and, and his band of, of clowns to uh, ensue. And I leave number four out. I leave, you know, Watson. I leave Hopkins out. It's not their fault. They get out there and play ball. But no matter what. They got to put on that helmet, and the guy calling the plays or, or calling the shots, let's say, for that team is always going to be Bill O'Brien or for the foreseen future. Mm-hmm. Until he loses power, we're, uh, we're going to lose hope. I'm going to use that word that the caller used today, hope. And I hope that you're with us for the last segment of this show, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Man, these girls are smart. We stack these girls are smart. Play your part. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. On ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, the last segment of the show. Before we let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, and your man Jerry Bow just sitting in studio trying to get you ready for uh, the All-Star game, getting you over what's going on in baseball, and getting you uh hoping that the Texans can do something in the future. Welcome back to Moneyline once again. You have a couple funnies. You uh, teased a little bit about LeBron. What's going on with him and his diet? Yeah, that's it's kind of funny. Tristan Thompson came out and talked about LeBron's diet. And apparently, like, remember when Michael Phelps came out and said he ingested like 10,000 calories and went through all his stuff when he was in the Olympics? LeBron's not quite to that level, but it's pretty funny. They, they talk about him here at... He eats desserts with every meal. That, that's with the first every, meal? every single meal. Could you imagine breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You have a dessert with that. Apparently, he's a big fan of chocolate chip cookies. And when he did drop a bunch of weight, it was just giving up pancakes, chocolate chip cookies, and ice cream. So it's pretty amazing because Thompson talks about it. And he said, one year I tried to eat, eat like LeBron and try out his diet. And he said he started gaining weight so fast, he was like, F this, and he went off it after a couple of weeks. But, yeah, apparently the secret for LeBron is he can just eat whatever he wants. I'm kind of surprised, though, at 35, that's usually when that starts catching up with you and affecting your career a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering what he changed because they said, you know, they always make it seem like drastic changes in his diet. 
But now when it comes back down to it, it's just he was eating so bad that he just really had to cut out all the good. Yeah, they asked him, like, what would he typically eat for breakfast? And he said, like, five French toasts, drowns it in syrup, in syrup with strawberries and bananas, and then has a four-egg omelet. <laughs> like, that's just breakfast for LeBron. Now, he is a pretty big dude, so you got to figure he has a pretty healthy appetite. But it's amazing to me that he can eat like that. And, and he's a guy that's been pretty consistently healthy for most of his career. And played at an elite level. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure this is when you might you might see a little bit of a change. But if it's working for him, why bother? Remember when he did kind of go no cardio and all those pictures of him were on Twitter? He lost all that weight during the offseason. I, I think it kind of backfired. He ended up putting the weight back on. And we see that all the time in the NFL where guys for the combine will try and get lighter and cut some weight so they run a fast 40. Or, you know, players come back like, hey, I gained 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Typically, if you had a good year – the year previous to that, don't tinker with it. You know, don't change your body shape if it's working for you. And you see that happen quite a bit. That's why it's lovely to be, uh, lovely to be a lineman. You're yeah, like, you're encouraged whatever you want. You're yeah, like, you, you see that. more. And then after they retire, you, you can barely recognize recognize those guys. They Man, drop like I can't 60 think pounds. Of who it was the other day that I saw that he he doesn't even look like himself. Oh man, I can't remember. It was somebody from the NFL, but. I was just like, man, that's not even the same yeah. guy. I think it was the guy off the Cleveland Browns, the the, the guy that was the lineman. The uh, jo, uh, Oh, Joe Thomas? Joe Thomas. That's who it was, man. And I looked, and I'm just thinking, that's not even the same guy. No. Well, I mean, you don't have to keep putting on all that muscle. You know, once you're retired, it's, it's easier to just get a little smaller. But I thought that was interesting with LeBron. And I did want to bring up, you had a, did you have a nice Valentine's on Friday? We just had Valentine's the other day. Did you, did you have a nice no, evening? No, yeah, for sure. What you got? Well, we got a report here on 10 aphrodisiacs for Valentine's Day. And I thought some of these were, I don't know, a little odd. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw some of these at you. Did you have any fetal duck eggs? I don't even know where to get those. <laughs> I know they have all these things from all over the world that apparently get you all amped up for the lovemaking leaf cutter ants whatever those are uh, cobra wine they literally take like the heart out of a cobra and drop it into wine and apparently that that gets you in the mood and gets the sex drive i going. thought you were talking about cobra like the the malt liquor <laughs> that'll get you thinking, going too. yeah i was about to say because i've had pretty good luck with that in the past <laughs> avocados oysters uh the one that really kind of surprised me was the uh, the three penis wine. What's your experience with three penis wine? Three penis wine. Tell me more. What <laughs> what are all the ingredients of this? Apparently, it's from tiger parts to mule members, and China has cornered the market on exotic penis dishes. And uh, I've never tried it. I don't really intend on trying it. But yeah, they have uh, they get it from deer, pretty much any kind of animal you can think of. It's some kind of cocktail. And uh, they put the line in here, of course, you are what you eat, the mantra there. So apparently that, that gets you in the mood. I've never tried it, don't plan on it, but I don't know. You wouldn't think eating a bunch of animal members would get you going. It would actually make me less likely to want to get going. Well, I'd be throwing up. Well, I got a plan. There's one, two, three of us, three penis ones. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Go nah, keep going. I, keep... I'm not thirsty. But yeah, that, that was... You know, the kind of the, the gist of it, a lot of really gross sounding stuff, but then they mix in avocados and oysters. You know, those feel a little out of place with three penis wine and, hey, oysters. 
So, and a little bit of these ants. Yeah, some of these ants over That's here. That's how you lose the date. Yeah. They look at you like, no. No. I mean, I think typically it's just uh, lots of wine and some drinks, and, and, and that takes care of business. I'm not sure I want a chick that eats that. <laughs> right? No, I'm with you. Is that an ant on your tooth? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't want any of that. So, no, it's just rotten. It's just a rotten tooth. <laughs> then she's got other issues. But no, nah, I thought that was funny. I just wanted to get to that because we missed Valentine's Day because we're a Sunday show. So we weren't on on Friday. So I, I just wanted to get into that a little bit. But I don't know. We don't have much more time. So I do want you to give everybody your bets out again because not everybody else was in the car last segment. So you were talking about the Roughnecks. You think the spread may be a little too big. Maybe fire on the Battlehawks plus the points. For the smaller bet, I think the bigger bet there goes on the over. I'm going to go ahead and give you South Dakota State playing IPFW. That's Purdue-Fort Wayne. Okay? And you got South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. Them, uh, they're favored by 11 and a half, and this is the way I'm breaking this game down. San Diego, uh, South Dakota, 77 points on offense at home, 80 in the last five, so they can score points. IPFW, their road offense is putrid, 66 points. So that all of a sudden, right, just, just by going off averages, you cover the spread, but this is what gets me here. If you look at IPFW's previous games, this is what they give up. They're giving up 80, 74 69, 71, 72, 75, 83, 92. So you get it. They're, you're always going to usually break that, let's say, that, uh, that 72, 74 mark. Then you look at the team they're playing, a team that just came off of scoring 90, 76, 78, 84, 87. So you get the drift here. I do believe that San Diego, uh, San, I don't know why I'm saying San Diego State, South Dakota State is going to get in the upper 70s, maybe lower 80s, and I don't believe that IPFW gets to the 70s. So give me South Dakota State minus 11.5 for the game, smaller. Give them minus 6.5 for the first half. And the big bet, I think that there's points here. Give me over 68 points combined, first half, big bet, and over 144 for the game combined. So go ahead and hit those San Diego or oh, South Dakota State is going to get in the lower 80s and I don't think that IPFW is going to be able to compete but they'll get enough to get you that over. I like it. There you have it guys. Get out your my bookie account, fire on those plays. Jerry's going to put a little cash in your pocket this Sunday. I did want to get to this quickly. It looks like the players are pushing back on the 17 game season for the NFL. They want to delay it until 2022 or 2023. Do you like it? Do you think? Do you want seventeen games? As a fan, a gambler, yes, but it's, I don't think it's going to be the best for the product itself. It's the end of the year, right? When it's a bunch of guys you you haven't even heard of because all the injuries happen, and we see it at the end of the year all the time, where some running back will come out of nowhere for fantasy football, and seventeen games. And also, are they going to have a second bye week if they do this? And then remember, they proposed something about one player gets a, a week off. Or, for a yeah. while, so then they would have like a backup guy in there, and it's just it's doing too much. But money is is the key to all this, and the owners run this, so money's going to be made. The extra week gives you that much more. But what do you do with the playoffs? I mean, I just don't like it. Injuries, the playoffs, everything's going to have to be skewed a little bit. See, I almost wish it would start a little sooner. So, you know, maybe like the first week of September NFL starts instead of pushing it back on the end of the season because, you know, then the weather gets so bad 
you know, when you're into February and in a lot of these cold weather cities that I don't think the, the quality of play is quite as good. But I'd like to see an extra game, to be honest. I mean, I'm a big NFL fan. And if I have to sit through 80-something NBA games and 162 MLB games, I feel like you can have one more football game. I, I don't think it's too much. But you're right that the injuries are going to be a factor. The XFL doesn't like that one bit, though. They're thinking, like, yeah, you're, now you're dipping into our time. Well, see, that's why I'd put that extra game, you know, at the front half of the season so that, you know, XFL would be over. I don't want the NFL to go longer. I just want them to start a week earlier, kind of when college football gets going. I'd rather I'd rather they do it there. How long before we see an expansion in the XFL? Because if there's if there's some kind of success in, in specific markets, you know, someone out there is waiting like, all right, let's see how this plays out before we make our move. Uh, eight teams is enough. No, I get it, but, man, the quarterback play has not been great. Wow, yeah, let's talk about that because as much as I like to talk about this league and, and I'm you know, I'm all for it, I love to see it, some of these quarterbacks, the plays they've been making is just horrible. Uh, did you see McGloin? He made a yes. – they interviewed him did at halftime. throw his coach under the bus? Yeah, and then they threw him out of the game. Yes. So at halftime, they interview him, and he says, man, this whole game plan is messed up, and nothing's working, and he goes off on how the team's playing bad. Well, when he came out, they took him out. <laughs> they took him out of <laughs> yes. the So you can't mess around in the uh, XFL. That's what's kind of cool about it, right? Is you see these guys, coaches and players, throwing each other under the bus live during the game when stuff's not working and emotions are high. So I think that's one of the cool things about the XFL and the fact that Houston has a quarterback. So this team's more fun to watch, in my opinion. And a coach. Yes. Yes. That's the most important. They got quarterbacks. They have quarterbacks for days. They do. But they don't have quarterbacks. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, owners or or uh, general managers and coaches. Right. Let me get that uh, specified because now I'm starting to think that pretty soon he will be the owner. <laughs> let me get up out of here, though. Let's get up out because it's time to let you go and enjoy your Sunday. So let me sign off for the squad. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, Jerry Bow. Thanks for joining us like you always do every single Sunday. Make some money. Join us on SportsMap. I'll drop bets all day. Peace. Seven five.